is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi everyone. So today, please welcome Sophia Banyai here in Get Unstuck Radio. And Sophia helps um busy entrepreneur to automate and outsource their time-consuming tasks without sacrificing their profit. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sophia. Mutita, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with you today. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited because we we share a similar interest in the business world, and this is gonna be fun, everyone. So, Sophia, can you share to my audience here about where you were when you were younger and how it's like for you growing up and then become an entrepreneur? Oh wow, that's that's a long question. So I started as a historian. I have a degree in history. So that was the first thing I was studying. But quite quickly during the university, I realized that at some point I also want to earn some money. So I switched to uh, switched to business, uh, especially to finance. So I have a master degree in financial management, uh, which I did in a business school in Budapest, in a very international environment. And I learned there a lot of things, but especially the fact that I love to work in an international environment with different cultures. And I think that helped me a lot during my whole career. I worked for five years for a multinational company as a tax expert, but then I switched my career to become an operational manager. And as an operational manager, I'm not sure if your audience is familiar with this term, but it's basically a, it's basically a role in multinational companies which uh, oversees the operations of each team and kind of coordinates uh, all the processes to work in favor of the whole company. So it's really uh, it's a budgeting kind of, but also more process kind of uh, role in a multinational company. But I realized that it's so much needed in smaller entrepreneurs and even for solopreneurs to have an organized structure of how do they work and how do they turn their expertise into a money generating business. Yeah, that's awesome. So, how long have you been in business then? It's a year now, roughly a year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, and this year is quite hard, isn't it? So, right now we are recording in the year of 2021. No, 20. Yeah, 20. Sorry, everyone. So, it's still COVID things going on here. Yes. So, COVID is definitely uh, the phenomenon that characterizes this whole year, and it's not easy to be business in these circumstances. Uh, it's obvious that uh, most of the companies try to keep the cash and not invest uh, too much in in luxury kind of things. But I still feel that uh, going remote and going online was a big, big push 
for smaller teams to organize and set up their processes because that's the only way you can you can operate efficiently so in one way it's really the best time for me to start so why you decided to pivot from the financial expert to the operation side um that's a good question actually i realized in in a company where i was working for that that that's role is really needed for them because the process is needed to be improved and documented so i think that's the first step with be even before improvement that you document the processes and set them up and and map, map it out and and show it in a picture how it should work and then you can move to implementation actually that was something that uh, gave me this extra energy in the morning that I can deal with this task. It was something that uh, really inspired me. Um, this was something I kept thinking about uh, even after leaving the office and, and wondering how we could do better. So I think it's kind of uh, naturally uh, turned my career into that direction. Mm -hmm. And how do you, so right now you are working with online business owner or are you still working with the offline business as well? It's, uh, yeah, but it depends. I have offline businesses as my clients, but most of my clients are online businesses indeed. How do you find them different? Um, I would, so in my perspective, it's not too different because, uh, because the general idea behind the process, the general idea how a business is set up is um, unique in its own way, of course, but, but the general, general understanding behind it, I would say the same or very much similar. So I think the biggest difference is that uh, those companies that are offline had quite a hard time now to, to turn as much as possible to be online in this year because of the COVID and all the, the, the results of the pandemic. So I think uh, if I have to identify one difference, then the fact that they had a bigger challenge this year by, by moving online or more online. And like how your day-to-day -day looks like as operation strategist, operation manager? Oh, my day, uh, I keep my Mondays off as much as possible. So I either have a three days weekend or, or I, and that's in most cases, it's not a three days weekend. In most cases, I keep this uh, day free to think about strategies and think about uh, how to improve my business, but also give myself the time to really digest information, to really just, you know, brainstorm without any time pressure, without having to look at my emails or, or any agenda to-do list. I just, you know, keep myself, keep myself uh, uh, free enough to come up with new ideas. So this is one day of the week. And the other days, I would say it's pretty standard. So, uh, have a look at my uh, mailbox. I have uh, two mailboxes for the business and one is uh, mostly handled with, by an assistant. Another one is exclusively handled by me. So just have a look at the office, uh, the email, reply issues, having client calls. Um, I'm doing my social media management because I kind of like it. So I spend quite a lot of time on it. I'm also running a YouTube channel, which doesn't take up too much time but still requires planning. I have a process for this and I have a lot of supporting and assisting uh, people to help me on this YouTube channel, but YouTube uh, is really, really harsh on requiring consistency. So I really have to concentrate on to be consistent on YouTube. I understand because I also have YouTube as well. <laughs> oh, do you? 
Yeah. So this this podcast will be available on my YouTube channel also. So. Yeah. Um. What is your hobby like? Um. What do you find interest to de-stress your day? Or you not really feel stress at all? I think all of us do feel stress at certain point. So that's interesting because if you are doing what you enjoy to be doing, then in principle you wouldn't be stressed. But the point is that I'm really maximalist. I really would like to, you know, get the best possible, and inevitably it will result in stress. So before COVID, I really loved traveling. So I traveled a lot. Actually, I'm, I have a location independent lifestyle. Uh, so all of the year I was somewhere new but not at the moment. And after COVID, <laughs> I enjoy more like in-house things to do. I started to learn chess. It's funny because I really didn't play it before, uh, but I find it amusing with all the strategies and everything. It's, it's just really, really interesting. Uh, so chess is something I have recently picked up. I have a dog and uh, I like to have a walk with her. I think that's maybe the best thing to clean up my mind. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, I miss my dog too. So I have representative for you. You see, okay. Yeah, my dog is with my parents in other provinces, so that's the thing. And I mean, let's go to your current offer. So, when your clients come to you, what they expect to get as a result? Um. That's varies actually. So most of my clients come to me with a plan that they want to outsource certain parts of their business, and of course, the outcome they expected that uh, to have this area of their business run uh, as much as independently as possible, so it would not require their daily attention. And that's usually something that we can easily deliver. Uh, so they only have to be there for issues, problems, and also give feedback. And you know, once in a while, discuss is everything going as they want it or not. And um, so this is one area. There are a few clients, and I wish I had more, but there are a few clients who want me to map out their whole uh, system of uh, processes. That's really exciting, and it seems that it's not too fashionable to ask for it, but I think that's the part I excite the most. And in that situation, we come up with ideas on what to automate, what to outsource, and what, do some budgeting, what would work, what not. Uh, what are the unnecessary tasks? Because sometimes we just figure out that there is a task that they are doing weekly, monthly, and it actually doesn't even need to be done. So we can just let it go and, and forget about it without an actual risk. And it's it's really amazing how it can make the life of a business owner easier. And it's so interesting if it's a small team becomes more um, more relaxed, less stressed, of course, but also more efficient and can have a more free time to expand their business in a way they didn't didn't plan to do because they felt they don't have the time for it and indeed they do uh, with this hub so this, this is kind of the hub I give to businesses and now a very interesting situation happens in my business that I started to concentrate on course creators because it was a very funny thing that I had actually a few requests from people who enrolled to an online course and they learned something which they wanted to make happen. They just simply didn't have the time to make it happen. So they asked me if we could get some sort of assistant help. And it's very great because these courses are really, really straight to the point and um, clear instructions on what needs to be done. The client knows what needs to be done, but she, she, he or she needs just simply the help to actually do it. And it's, it's kind of... Uh, 
it's really nice to set up a process in these kind of situations. And now I started to reach out to online course creators, ask them if they want to monetize their courses more in this method. Mm -hmm. So apart from operation setup, you also mentioned that you help them automate and delegate as well. So the automation, do you have in-house team helping them automate or what normally you automate for them, mm -hmm. for your clients? Um, so automation is not actually my strongest skill. So out of the two, automation, outsourcing, outsourcing is more my cup of tea. But uh, I do have awesome contacts on automation. And actually what I know is to spot that, hey, that could be automated. So I can come up with an idea about what is roughly what we want and what is roughly what we could do and then have a discussion with, with my contacts about what would be the budget and how could we make it happen. And sometimes it's really worse to go for it. Sometimes it's not. So uh, simple automations are awesome. So they are the best that could happen to you. But more complicated automations are quite costly. And if we are talking about a smaller company, it's not always uh, worth it even in the midterm to, to go for an automation. If you think on the long run, then, then it does. Uh, so the result of these automation decisions really varies whether we go for it or not. Mm. So because of that, what is your opinion when it comes to when to start automate things? It's both true for automation and outsourcing that only start this if you are already generating money. So doing automation out of fun is not the wisest decision you could make. So the best thing, and this is an idea situation, is you can automate a process which generates money because then it becomes a cash generator. So if you can automate the selling of your online course, uh, with all the messages, with all the sales funnel setup and everything, then that's ideal because the only thing you have to do, know is just rest and watch how the money goes up in your pocket, uh, <laughs> which rarely happens in reality, but um, because you still have to do, you know, some sort of client support whatsoever. So there are some touches in, touch points in the system, of course. But, uh, but if you can do an automation on something that is generating money, I think that's the best. Mm-hmm, Yeah. I love it when financial background people come in and explain about operation because that is one of the things that I keep promoting that if you don't know your budget probably don't start doing anything that you cannot do by yourself because I mean it's gonna cost you something either costing your time or costing you money at least and it's the investment that you have to trade out right in order to get something back in the bigger way in that sense so that's know your right. budget <laughs> know your yes, budget. yes yes that's a key point know your budget yes because i keep emphasizing that outsourcing and automation is affordable outsourcing is really affordable but you ha still have to pay for it and even if it's just you know a very very cheap thing but but they have to pay for it and uh, you not always want to have the cheapest solution because that will not necessarily result in the best quality yeah, how many times? How many times I wasting money on like hiring the unqualified? I thought there would be only followers, but came up with actually something that wasting my time and also my money, and I didn't get anything back. I mean, we learn from experience, right? But mm -hmm. um, I also understand some of the clients that they really want some help in that sense, and they not 
they might not listen to me even though I keep the red flag high that don't do that yeah so it happens sometimes people like outsource too early what do you have have you ever experienced about that outsource too early um no. I wouldn't say so um I don't advise also to outsource too early. So outsource just for having the fun, someone doing something which not generates any income to you, that, that doesn't make sense. But of course, if you have so much revenue that you can afford somebody planning your vacation uh, or travel plans, then it, it's fine, outsource it. So <laughs> this can be the luxury of, of this age, I guess. Um, and you can, yeah, and one of my favorite examples that, that it cannot be too early to outsource your bookkeeping and accounting. So I think that's the only exception from the rule. It doesn't have to generate money. You can be in the very early stage of your business, but unless you are a finance and bookkeeping expert, outsource it because, uh, because your company needs to have a healthy financial background in order to achieve anything or achieve the best. <laughs> so you, you just telling as that the very first position that anyone should outsource is bookkeepers or accountant. Am I correct? I think so. Yes. Why? So a very good bookkeeper is the biggest asset of your, uh, one of the biggest assets of your company because, uh, so how a business works, you have to, uh, you have to balance your, your cash outflow with your cash inflow. And, I know it sounds basic, but when you are just starting a company and you think that you still have time for it, uh, you can really, really lose cash in things which you don't even see because there is no proper bookkeeping in your system. You really have to be super clear about what you are sending your money and what does generate you the money. And if it is not set up properly and not shown to you properly, you cannot make business decisions that, needs to, be, that need to be made. And also, let me mention that, of course, having an accountant is a key to comply with all the legislative requirements of your country, with all the compliance and tax-related decisions. And it's a big risk to be not compliant with the regulations in your country. It can really ruin your business and reputation. So I do think that that's a key and very, very important thing. And also, don't forget that if you are small, then your accounting and bookkeeping will cost less because there is way less work with a starting company with just a few invoices to be booked than with a huge company. But if you already have a system, a reliable bookkeeping system for, uh, for your company when you are small, then by the time you grow really big, you can avoid a lot of issues because you already have the system in place since the beginning. Mm. So when you mentioned about the reliable bookkeeping system, how is that like in your opinion? It's up to you and your business. It can be a software-based and as far automated system as possible, but it can be a very, very bookkeeping uh, team who can, who can assist you in your bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. Like using those zero or what else? Book? Zero, yes, yes. I already forgot what it's been because I, I didn't use it for a wave or something like that, right? Yes, zero wave, Zoom, uh, sorry, um, not Zoom, but the... I wanted to say Zoho. Yeah, Zoho has also has a very good uh, system for managing all your CRM and, and bookkeeping. So there are a lot, lot of platforms. But actually, if you ask me, it's better first find your bookkeeper and accountant and then decide on which software you are going to use. And maybe or 
probably actually you don't even have to touch the software if you have the boot team helping you with it. Yeah, because I also one of those who just send everything to them and not really do it myself. <laughs> yeah, the other reason why you should outsource this task that this is the task that most business owners hate and they keep procrastinating to do it. They keep making mistakes because they just don't like to do it. So the end is a not proper system. So it's better to outsource it and do it as it should be done. Yeah, I, I, I do compile that and outsource, but I do my own personal finance myself, though at least I'm, I have something to proud of. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, right now, um, so how is your service like currently in case anyone want to work with you? So you can contact me on my website, on email, on my Instagram. I will give you all the links. And please come to me if you plan to outsource any kind of tasks uh, from video editing to bookkeeping and social media management that, or just hire a virtual assistant. So we will quickly go through about what are your plans, how do you wish to do that. I have some forms which you can very quickly fill in so I already will have an idea. So not wasting much of your time. I have I will, I will set up the process for you based on the information you provided and we will just, you know, uh, look into that who can help to you from my team. Yeah, amazing. So the link is already in the description. So if anyone interested, just contact Sophia. Thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio today. Thank you so much, Mutita. I hope this episode inspired you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show notes at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.